Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's fucking brilliant days. Brilliant days. Brilliant days we didn't get a break. Get a drink. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Water Report podcast in association with the Sunny Meat Soup Kitchen. It's Gav back in the house at uh, around about half past ten. After tonight's game, we drew nil-nil at the stadium alight with Blackpool. Unfortunately, couldn't find the back of the net despite having a number of decent chances. And it's another draw, three in a row. Um, we are unbeaten in four, I think. So that's the positive way to spin it. But not being able to hit the back of the net has probably cost us a couple of points tonight regardless. And join me tonight to chat about it. Chris, who watched it at home? I did, mate. I stayed in the nice and warm. I didn't get wet. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it's been a bit of a miserable night. Although this, it was warm rain tonight, which is unusual for October, isn't it, for it to be warm. But yeah, I mean, let's just go through it like straight off the top of our heads. The performance from Sunderland tonight was, again, a bit like Saturday, I would say. We played some nice stuff at times. Did quite well getting him down the sides, trying to get him behind. When we were under pressure, we seemed to pass it well five and ten yards at times. I think there were... Probably more stray passes tonight than there were at the weekend, but ultimately I think we probably shaded it in terms of possession. I think we got looking now 62% of the ball, so yeah, it did feel as though Sunderland dominated the ball. But we weren't able to put the ball in the back of the net, that's the important part, isn't it? And although a lot of people are talking about the fact that we didn't have a striker on and you know oh, we probably would have won with a striker on the pitch, part of me thinks, well, we actually created enough to win that game normally, but their goalkeeper made... Two saves in particular, which were outstanding, both from Jack Clark, which on another day they go in and you're not really talking about strikers. So I'm a little bit disappointed that we couldn't manage to score, but it felt a little bit more haphazard, shall we say, than normal. Although we normally got a plan when we threw all the subs on, it was a bit of a struggle, wasn't it? And we couldn't really get into any flow. Yeah, I mean, we we kind of called it after the game at the weekend. This type of game is something we're going to see over and over again. And we we kind of saw a similar game at the weekend. And I didn't expect anything less from Blackpool. I actually said, you know, at the end of the pod when we were talking about preview and Blackpool, I said Blackpool are no mugs. They're, they're, they're yeah. very much like, like Preston. You know, they've, they've got experienced players. They're strong, they're tough, they're organised. And especially with teams coming to the stadium, like knowing the way that we play, like teams are going to set up like that again and again and again. And we've got to get, and get used to watching those types of games where we're going to be frustrated because we're not we're not slicing through teams every five minutes. And and, and tonight was, a, like you said, it was a bit of a, I, I would say a game of two offs, you know, that, that old chestnut where 
First half, I thought we were the better team. Patterson made a few saves, but you know we hit the bar, and I thought actually we we pressed more and looked the better team. Second half, and I, and I don't want it's not really an excuse, but the, I, I actually thought the conditions changed the game a little bit. I thought I thought actually Blackpool dealt with the rain a bit better than we did because they weren't trying to zip it around the deck all the time. It was kind of one long ball forward and win the second ball, but. Again, uh, you know, looking at set pieces and all this sort of stuff. I mean, to the crux of it is that it's how teams are going to set up against us. And we're going to see this more often than not. It is, as we said at the weekend, it is partly down to not having that that kind of focal point that sometimes when you start losing control of a game, yeah, you can't, yeah. You can't get that foothold and hold it up. You keep giving it away when you get it out. Yeah, well, do you know what it is, Chris? That's a point that's not being made enough. Yes, we are missing strikers, but it's not just about the ball hitting the back of the net. Like I actually think chances-wise, we had another 15 shots today, four on target, yeah, one hit the top of the bar as well. So we did create chances, but you're right. Where we, where I actually think we really missed a striker was that. You're right. Not being able to just punt it forward when we wanted to. There was people around me at the match tonight screaming at the players to just sort of get it forward when we were past it round the back. And I'm looking round and I'm thinking, what do you expect them to do? They've got nobody to hit up front. And the one occasion where somebody gave in, it was Danny Bart. The fans around me were really loud, really getting on their case about the way they were handling the ball. Bart punts it forward where he wouldn't have normally done that. And it went to nobody. And Blackpool recovered quickly and broke against us. And I'm looking around and thinking, like, you know, that's what happens when we do that. You know, and we haven't got that option. We don't have anybody to stick it up there to. And that's where we miss a striker. I don't. I think I actually think it's a little bit lazy to suggest that we're not scoring goals because there's no striker. There's enough players on the pitch with enough creativity, creating enough chances and and getting shots in. You know, it's it's far too easy to to just say, well, it's down to not having a striker because on another day their keeper's not going to make one of those two worldy saves and the ball hits the back of the net. So we just need to be a bit more clear on what the crack is here. Like the lads aren't getting the ball forward and not creating chances. They are. We're getting them behind. We're making we're making opportunities. We're just... Do I think we would be better off with a striker front? Of course. I'm not saying that. If we had Ross Stewart up front, we probably would have scored tonight, you know, but we wouldn't have played the same. And it was the same on Saturday. And I don't know. I think Mowbray did at the weekend call for a bit of patience, didn't he? He wants people just to be a little bit patient with them because this is a tough period for the team, really. That You know, these kids and, and lads, they're trying to learn how to play without a striker up there. We're going to have good days like we had against Redden and we're going to have days like tonight where it just doesn't happen. Yeah. And then the, the period where that was kind of at its worst was um, when we made those initial substitutions and Clark went up front. Yeah. And you could see after five minutes, and actually because we had Clark up front and he was trying his best, but Clark isn't that strong figure who's going to hold the ball up and lay someone off and bring everyone out. And after about five minutes, Mowbray kind of thought, this just isn't working, we can't go on like that. Then he made the next load of substitutions, which led to the substitutions after that, which meant we were kind of scrambling to try and find a system that was working after he made those initial substitutions. But you saw how Blackpool pinned us in for, for quite long periods in that second half, and that was because we just couldn't get out, we couldn't we couldn't play that 20-yard ball, and Blackpool were on top of us when we got the ball, so we couldn't even play it out. And then yeah. it just it, it we just got locked into this kind of horrible cycle where we we just couldn't couldn't keep possession we couldn't get it out 
during that point, all of those corners, I mean, Blackpool had a good, you know, five or six corners, I think, in about 15 minutes where they could have easily nodded one of those in. Patterson made a couple of good saves. But again, we weren't great tonight. We played a Blackpool side who I think, like looking at their fans' reactions at the end of the game, they I think they had a really good performance. They played really well tonight. And mm. and we drew. And we drew. So, I mean, we're not playing to our best. We've seen us play better. We're not getting beat. We're picking up points. We're keeping the points tally ticking over. We're, what, seventh in the league, I think, something like that, um, after yeah. tonight. You know, we're unbeaten in four. <laughs> you know, it's, I think it's still, I think it's still all positive, and we've got, you know, we've got players to come back. So I don't think it's anything to worry about. I think the lads are actually doing, doing really well with the situation we're in right now. And they're being brave. To be fair, I think the defending was very brave at times. To again, O nine sticking his head in where it hurts. Elisea was great yet again. Danny Bart didn't really put a foot wrong when it came to defending. And Patterson, I think he saved us a number of times particularly at the start of the second half, there was one where no Sunderland player really came to try and attack the ball as the cross came in. And Patson came flying off his line to, to just sort of paw at it. And he got the ball away. And if he hadn't, Medine was there ready to put it in. Yeah. We, we had to be brave tonight when we were defending. We know that we're a small team. We know, again, Blackpool weren't, weren't as big as Preston, but they had big lads. I mean, the centre forward was a big lad. And we, we had to just defend as, as well as we could. And we did. And again, in attack, yeah. I felt like we we tried to be brave on the ball. I felt a little bit sorry for Ahmad because he was playing an unfamiliar role. First start in, what, six months or so. But I'd, it was the right call to play him, definitely. I actually thought at times he, so, he showed some lovely touches. He, you know, even though he was the furthest forward, at times he did play as a 10. And he played some lovely passes out wide to get people in behind and stuff. But as it sort of wore on, it was clear he was he was tiring a little bit and he needed to come off. But the players around him, I think, to be fair, did okay. Roberts wasn't his best day, but was still looking threatening. Clark, on another day, gets two goals. I think he was all right. So there are positives to pluck from it, I think. I mean, if I was going to nitpick at anything, in particular, something that really irritated me tonight was the three free kicks we had around the box. Not at, one, not at any point did I feel confident we were going to hit the back of the net. They were all crap. Yeah. Pritchard's set pieces all night were rubbish. They've been rubbish, to be fair, for a while. And I don't know what you do about that because he seems to take all of them when he's on the pitch. But then after he'd had that shot from the free kick around the box, Embleton queued one up. He sticks it way over the bar. And then what, who's the third one? Was it Clark? Who who done the same again? I mean, uh... we've got to, you've got to be honest. Like, when you get those chances, when you are struggling to score or you're struggling to just break down tough teams, those are the those are the times when you go, right, you've got a free shot at goal here. And you, they weren't even on target. That's what's frustrated me tonight coming away. If, if I was going to pick out the players for anything. Well, the first one, the first one, Ebelton and Pritchard were arguing over it because I think actually Jack Clark came over and kind of sorted them out and just said, will you just decide? Because yeah. I think they were standing there arguing who was going to take it. And, and Embleton's body language, actually, when, when Pritchard put it over the bar, I mean, I know he was obviously miffed off because he wanted to take the free kick and Pritchard put it over the bar. But, you know, I mean, his body language wasn't great afterwards, you know, having a bit of a pop at Pritchard. But, I mean, mm. just, going, just going back, I mean, you made a, you made a really good point, I mean, talking about the, the physicality of, um, Blackpool and how brave we were in that sense, but actually for for a team that that like like we said are trying to learn how to or, or trying to play against these sides who were trying to 
kind of squeeze the space and we haven't got that focal point. I actually thought, and I know it's going to sound bizarre, but the bravest thing was that we just kept on trying to play football. I mean, even even when the... Yeah. And, and at times, don't get us wrong, at times it got us into trouble. We tried, we tried daft flicks in daft areas that got us into trouble and we kept giving it away. But they kept... The players were just plugging away, trying to play the same way, trying to say, well, this is how we want to play the game. This is how we're going to do it. And I actually think, I mean, that that, that was brave because for, for a period of about 15 minutes, we couldn't get out. These flicks weren't coming off. It wasn't dropping for us. But the players kept doing it. They kept saying, well, this is this is how we're going to play. We're just going to keep, you know, being patient and try and keep the ball and, and try and keep possession rather than ch- change it just for the sake of it. I, I get the frustration though. At the same time, you know, I've I've said that you know there was quite a lot of frustration in the ground with, particularly as the game went on, just with the way we were keeping a hold of the ball, and it was frustrating listening to people sort of react to that. But I do get it because people just want to see us score a goal, and they can see like certain things not coming off. Like at the weekend against Preston, very little didn't come off for us in terms of the passing. The passing was crisp. Tonight we looked a little bit tired as the second half went on and as we were making more mistakes, the frustration was growing. I mean, I might be digging them out here, but Gooch, Gooch's passing tonight was dreadful. He puts us under pressure so often, it's ridiculous. Yeah, Gooch has been like that for a couple of games now. I think I think he's uh, he's, he's gone off the boil for the last couple of games. But, uh, but as you said, Gav, I mean... It wasn't so much that we needed to change our style. What we needed, to, we we got all frantic second half. We tried to do everything too fast. We didn't kind of put a foot on the yeah. ball and 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 take our time. Even just have a thirty seconds knocking it across the back. Just say right, let's just take stock and let's just do this kind of slowly. We we almost tried to rush it rush it forward to get a goal. We we were kind of in a hur- too much of a hurry to to try and say well we we should be in the final third and we were trying daft flicks on the halfway line. But we needed to just put a foot on it, take it easy. Because the problem is, Gav, what, what you're saying is, you know, when people are saying, oh, we need to get it forward. And and we can both understand that, especially when you get pinned in. But the problem is when you haven't got the personnel to, to knock a 20-yard ball up for someone to hold it up. You haven't got the players to do that. So yeah, you, yeah. you, need, to, you need to keep doing what you're doing. But but do it better than what, how we did it tonight. Because when the rain came down and when Blackpool put us under pressure, we just got frantic and kept giving it away. Yeah, and you made a point in the pod we did at the weekend about Corey Evans coming off and how we sort of lost a little bit of the control we had in midfield. And I think that's probably what happened tonight as well. Evans goes off, um, Neil goes in pretty much where he was, which I can sort of understand because Mowbray again, like at the weekend, has tried to make attacking substitutions. Um, but we did. We just lost a little bit of control in the midfield, and it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't ticking over really well. There was a little bit of a lack of communication. I mean, at one point towards the end of the game, Gooch was in at the right back position. He looked up. There were people to pass to, but for whatever reason, he felt like they weren't on. Held on to it. Held on to it. Lost the ball when he eventually played the pass. Recovered, and then went down the throats of two or three of the players. And I'm sort of thinking, well, I don't know if that was their fault. Actually, that was probably yours. You know, and they're looking at him as if to say, "What's going on here?" You know, I think just ultimately you just mentioned it there with him, Embleton and Pritchard over the free kick. Maybe there was just a little bit of frustration and sort of confusion over things tonight with the players 
not the usual cohesion that we've seen, but um, it's a point. It's a point on the board. It's a clean sheet. You know, we're seventh in the table. If you told me we'd be seventh after this point of the season, um, before the season began, I would have taken it. So I'm I'm not going to sit and complain about it, but it is frustrating to be sat here when we've had two yeah. home games. We haven't scored. We haven't won a game, but I, I, I do get it. I do get it. I'm just yeah. not going to get carried away. But just, just quickly on Evans, because I, I actually thought first half Evans was one of our best players on the pitch. I thought he was brilliant. Yeah, very he, controlled. Yeah, I thought he, he broke up their play brilliantly. He was always in the right position. He he hardly, I don't think, I can't remember him giving away possession. Uh, and, and I thought he was fantastic. And, and actually, just talking about Dan Neal as well, I was actually surprised because we said on that we were talking about what team Mowbray might go with tonight on the pod at the weekend. And I actually thought Embleton would be the one who was pulled out, not Dan Neil. I was actually surprised that Embleton kept his place, to be honest. Yeah, I was talking about this in the pub before the game, and um, I, I, when I'd been thinking, I was thinking, actually, I, I don't think Embleton will be dropped. It's his old club, he's going to want to prove something. I thought he would probably drop deeper, and he did. So I, I wasn't really shocked by that, but yeah. Um, he, he, again, he wasn't really in the game, particularly, Um, you know, he, he had a couple of chances, he had a couple of decent moments, but... Other than that, nothing really. I think we've just got to try and take stock. I mean, Swansea are a better team than the last two we've played, but it's away from home. And that's the one thing about the way we are playing now is that we're probably better off away from home where the teams are going to probably have more of the ball than we are at home, just under the current circumstances without a striker. Yeah. And we'll, I guess we'll say that, that theory tested because Swansea typically are a good ball-playing team who like to keep it. Um. And, you know, that might mean we have a, a big period in the game where we don't really have much of the ball and it's going to be about how we counter and break. And that'll probably suit us. You know, t- tonight and at the weekend, we've played teams who've sat in and we've had to try and get at them. And we saw that lots of times last season. We've got we've not really got the players that can play that, that way. We have one. We've got good strikers on the pitch who can um, score goals out of nothing, but we didn't tonight and just is what it is. Let's just hope that Saturday is a better day. Yeah, well, I mean, interestingly enough, I mean, Swansea, I mean, exactly right, Russell Martin, you know you know how Russell Martin teams play, keep the ball and keep the ball and keep the ball. But but it's interesting, actually, because um, Swansea's home form isn't great. They've lost they've lost three of their six um, so far uh, this season. So, yeah, I mean, but I think we've got to take, we've got to take these last two games. Look, I, I mean, I put in the preview that I think will be, Everyone's going to be disappointed with one point or two points across the two games. Everyone was thinking, well, four points is probably par. Anything better is great. Anything less is not great. But I think we've played two teams who are specialists in exactly what they've done this week. You know, Preston and Blackpool are built for for the exact games that the game plans that they pulled off against us. Um, And I just, I think that we're in a period where you know we're not in an ideal situation to play against those teams at the minute because we haven't got we haven't got our full squad that we would want to play against these players. We want a Sims or we want a Stewart as a as a focal point for for those games. So I think we've kind of played them at the wrong time, and we're going to come up against teams who are going to do exactly the same thing. So hopefully these two home games are going to are kind of going to board well for us when we're going to learn from them moving into the other teams who are going to do that to us. Yeah, no, I agree. Like I say, I feel a little bit disappointed, but I'm not going to complain about a point in the clean sheet. So probably one of them we just have to draw a line under and move on from, I think. Um, you're back with a preview before the Swansea game, aren't you, Chris? We'll not reveal who with, but yeah. Fingers Make sure crossed. people check, come back and check that out. 
ahead of the match. Uh, we'll be up at rotoreport.sbnation.com all the way through the week, reacting to the Blackpool game, talking about other bits and pieces, and then obviously building up the Swansea. So make sure you check us out there. And on social media, Rotor Report on Facebook, Rotor Report on Twitter, and Rotor Report on Instagram. We'll catch you all later. Cheers. Well, I'm a golden idol, no. Well, I'm a hidden I'm searching all, and always I am on my way. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.